0: Welcome in to episode 8 of the Pig Weekly Podcast, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Welcome in to this episode 8, which will be the first episode of 2023. We'll kick this off by talking about some Arkansas football news where Arkansas was victorious in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl where they beat Kansas in three overtimes to win 55-53. And if you watch this game, you know what I mean when I say this was a heck of a game especially if you're an Arkansas fan. Talk about being on the edge of your seats and very stressed out this entire second half of this game as you know we give up a big lead and let Kansas come in close and move this over to an overtime matchup where it went to three overtimes where Arkansas finally prevailed on the back of KJ and Rashad Dominion leading the way for this win. So when you start breaking down this game, Arkansas had a total of 681 yards of offense with 287 passing and 394 rushing. In this game, K.J. was spectacular. He went 19 of 29 passing for 287 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. He also added in 14 carries for 130 yards, averaging 9.3 yards per carry and scored two touchdowns on the ground. So what a game KJ had. He was named the MVP of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. So, you know, he kind of led this team and put the team on his back, especially when somebody needed to step up after we had a few opt-outs and guys that decided to enter the transfer portal. KJ just decided to be the leader of this team like he has been and, you know, helped us get the victory. In this game, Rocket Sanders only had three carries for 17 yards, and this was because he exited early due to an ankle-slash-quad injury. You know, that's what they were calling it. Um, I never saw any more information come out about it, so I'm curious to see if it was just a tweak and, you know, Rashad and A.J. were playing well enough that, you know, we didn't really want to force him back in the game and risk further injury. So that's something that I'm curious about, and maybe we'll find out later on down the road and, you know, what Pittman has to say about that. And then you start talking about, like I mentioned, Rashad DeBinion had a heck of a game for the f- true freshman. You know, he came in he in this game and was called upon after Rocket went down to injury, and he had 20 carries for 112 yards Where he averaged 5.6 yards per carry, for two touchdowns, he also added in three receptions for 19 yards. This is a guy that all season long I've been saying we need to give the ball, get the ball to more, and I think this game just proved it. You know, it shows you he's a super talented young running back that could be a next great running back for Arkansas. He just needs the snaps to go along with it, and. Don't get me wrong, I know we've got Rocket, and Rockets are running back one going into next year, but I think this can almost be a situation where next year you're looking at it where you have Rocket and Rashad with running back one B and running back one A. You know, you have two guys, that Both can be starters. But also don't discount A.J. Green. In this game, he had 13 carries for 99 yards where he had – averaged 7.6 yards per carry, and also added a touchdown. So several guys were getting involved in scoring touchdowns this game, and it was good to see that we were back to the typical Arkansas where we got our ground game going, and that kind of led the way for the entirety of this game. Now, when you look at receiving, Matt Landers once again led the team in receiving this game where he had three receptions, but he had 121 yards in one touchdown. His touchdown came at the very beginning of the game, where I believe he had a long 50-something yard touchdown catch where you know he beat his man and KJ just let it go and he scored a touchdown. And then you had redshirt, not red shirt, sorry. You had true freshman Ty Washington at the tight end spot step up and have one catch for 17 yards, and he scored on that touch, that catch with a touchdown. So young guys stepping up was definitely nice to see this game, and I think it's something that gives you hope and some bright spots for next season, especially with as much turnover that's going on in the program right now. It's good to see some of these young players step up. And when you're talking about young players stepping up, you've got to look at this Arkansas defense. Where no bumper pool, no Drew Sanders, several of our DBs gone, you know, a lot of young guys having to step up and play. So, Chris Paul Jr., I think he's going to be the next building block on this Arkansas defense that you're going to build around. He played, you know, sparingly, and as the season progressed, got more and more snaps, and then got his second start of the year in this game where he had 12 tackles and seven of those tackles being solo. So he's a guy that definitely impressed me during this bowl game. Next year is going to be a bright spot in our linebacking linebacking core. And then you look at Dwight McGlothern, who had 10 tackles, six solo tackles, and one tackle for loss, and an interception. So he's a guy in that weak secondary that was one of the bright spots and I know he has the opportunity to come back next year. There's been not really a word on what he's going to do, but I think he needs to come back. And if he does, you know, he'll, he could have another great season leading that secondary. And then you look at another young fr- true freshman in Quincy McAdoo. Got the start in the secondary where he had nine tackles, five solo tackles, and interception. He's a guy that we initially recruited in and – had at the wide receiver spot in high school. He played both on the offense and defensive side of the ball, but this season due to injuries and everything, Pittman had him switch over to defense, and he finally got a start late in the season and got playing time, and he's excelled there. So I'll be interested to see what McAdoo does going into this offseason and into next year. Whether he stays on defense or asks to move back to the offensive side of the ball. Me personally, I would like to see him stay on defense. He's been incredible there. Um, he is a guy that has a lot of talent and also, you know, a guy that can put on the big hit. We saw that during the bowl game where he got the stop on a Kansas wide receiver catching the ball coming across the middle and he just stopped him in his tracks. So he's a guy that's very similar to Jalen Catlin, who may not be the biggest guy, but he has some pop behind those pads. So he's a guy that I would like to see stay on the defensive side of the ball. Even though we had some young players and guys step up on this defense, we still allowed a total of 603 total yards to Kansas with 544 yards passing. Again, our struggling secondary, even though we did get a couple of interceptions, that kind of just shows that we were able to still stop the run for them and force them to pass the ball. And they had a total of 59 rushing yards. So overall, you know, a game that we came out with a win, finished the season 7-6, and six, being above 500. I think that was a big goal for Arkansas, especially – the way the season ended with, you know, the lost uh, Liberty, the close lost LSU, and then losing to Missouri, I think this was a way to end the season on a positive note, where we got the win, finished above five hundred, and can start building and working towards next season. And when you talk about next season, we've got to talk about the loss of another coach, where. Our linebackers coach and interim DC for the bowl game, Michael Scherr, is leaving to become the new defensive coordinator at UNLV under Odom. So I think that's something a lot of people kind of figured was going to happen. You know, it was a lot. It was quiet up until after the bowl game, just because Sam Pittman appointed him to be the acting defensive coordinator for the bowl game, and a lot of people thought maybe with that. That he would stay and coach linebackers for us, but ultimately, with the rumors being that he was going to follow Odom, that ended up being true with a few days after the bowl game, him announcing that he would be leaving. And if you really think about it, it kind of makes sense as he was the linebackers' coach and our new defensive coordinator that we brought in from UCF is, you know, he is a linebackers' coach by trade, so he'll be. One of our co-defensive coordinators, but he'll also coach the linebackers' position as well. So that would have left sure without really a position group to coach unless he would be willing to switch to another one. But he decided to take the promotion and go to UNLV and be the defensive coordinator. A few more guys that's leaving after the ball game. Defensive lineman Terry Hampton and Dorian Gerald both announced that they would be declaring for the 2023 draft. Um those are two guys that we would would have liked to see back next year on the defensive line, but it's something that if they get the chance to get drafted, go for it. I want to see them succeed. So good luck to those guys. Another guy that is kind of a surprising decision switch up was Jordan Dominic. So before the bowl game, you know, he announced he was coming back next year, not to worry that you know Everything was going to be fine, and he was looking forward to next year. Well, after the bowl game and after the new year, he made an announcement where he decided that he was going to enter the transfer portal. People really don't understand why and what happened, but uh, I think that's something that he came out and said it was a tough decision for him and his family, and he talked to the coaching staff and everything, but there was no specific reason said to us, why he all of a sudden changed his mind and decided to leave so that's something i think that i respect his decision but i think it's something that the fans want to know like why what made you change your mind about why you don't want to come back why are you leaving going somewhere else is it nil is it something with a coaching staff is it um something personal reasons like that's something i think a lot of fans are curious to see what made him change his mind. So who knows, maybe Pittman will speak on that in the next week or so. Who knows, we'll have to see how that goes. And then also another player, defensive back Trent Gordon, will be entering the portal as well. He is a guy that we had transfer in from Penn State that we thought would come in and be able to contribute, and he was hampered with injuries a lot of the season and couldn't really add anything to this defense for but due to him being injured so he's a guy that is leaving and going to go somewhere else and see if he can get playing time there and then we have another coaching hire that arkansas made just a few days after the new year arkansas has hired florida state's defensive backs coach marcus woodson as our new co-defensive coordinator slash saf- safeties coach so he's going to come in and be our new co-defensive coordinator along with the other new coach we brought in. And he's going to also coach the safeties, coach, safeties position, which will help tremendously. He's got a reputation for being an amazing recruiter and a guy that can bring in good commits. And if you look at his list of you know, players that he's recruited at Florida State, he's got several top guys that he was able to recruit in and just be able to bring into a program. So he's another guy that can recruit. So, you know, Pittman, I think, knocked it out of the park with his these two hires on defense replacing Odom and Sure. you know, I think the combination of Travis Williams from UCF where, you know, he's another young guy that brings some intensity bring some aggressiveness to the defense and will also be able to recruit really well. Um, so Travis Williams and new coach Marcus Woodson will be co-defensive coordinators and they'll each be a position we'll coach as well. So one will coach the linebackers, the other will coach the safeties. So that's something that we'll look at next year, seeing how that's going to play out and hopefully – have an improved defense next season. Speaking of next season, Arkansas will in the next week and week or so will be hosting several transfer players and have offered several players that could be able to come in and contribute and help Arkansas. So so far visiting and offers we have Jake Rob tight end Jake Roberts from North Texas. You have wide receiver Dante Thornton from Oregon. Linebacker Antonio Greer Jr. from South Florida. You have Isaac Tesla from Hillsdale College. That's a D2 school, but he's came on the radar here of late and has been flying up the rankings as far as a a JUCO kid that people want to bring in their program. And then also tight end Kane Barong from Notre Dame. So he's another guy that I think we're focusing heavy on that wide receiver tight end type recruiting as well as we have some others on, on defense that will be coming in and taking visits. So that's something that Pittman is aiming to add guys from the portal. He came out and said in his press conference before the bowl game that, you know, his go- go- goal is to add around 12 players from the portal. So that's something we'll see once guys visit and decide whether they want to commit or not and um, see what happens. So, a lot of things going on in the football program and we'll keep you up to date as I get more information and I'll relate that to you guys. So, you know, again, you know, we're going to bring you everything I know about what's going on and all things Razorbacks. So we'll look at some other SEC bowl game scores that during this bowl game season, uh, other SEC teams participated in. So Florida lost to Oregon State 30 to three in their bowl game. Missouri lost to Wake Forest 27-17. Ole Miss lost to Texas Tech 42-25. South Carolina lost to Notre Dame 45-38. Tennessee beat Clemson 31-14. Alabama beat Kansas State 45-20. Kentucky lost to Iowa 21-0. Georgia beat Ohio State 42-41 to move on to the national championship game this next Monday. And, man, this was a nail-biter game where Georgia won this game, but, you know, Ohio State put themselves in a position where they could have won the game on a field goal, and, you know, their kicker shanked the field goal wide, wide left. So that's something where that was a closer game than a lot of people thought. Mississippi State beat Illinois 19-10 to 10 to win the Rely Quest Bowl, where this was a game that they came out and really wanted to win to honor Coach Leach after his passing. Um, and I don't think there could have been a better bowl game to fit this team and, you know, what Coach Leach, you know, epitomized. You know, he was nicknamed the Pirate. You know, he had his phrase – of, you know, swing your sword. So with this game being played in the Buccaneer Stadium that has a pirate ship built into the stadium, I, I don't think there was a better bowl game to send Mississippi State to to help honor Coach Leach. So that was something that I was glad to see them get the win. And then LSU beat Purdue 63-7. to So an up-and-down bowl season for the SEC where you had some losses, you had some wins. So... um but nowadays, it gets to the point where can you? how much can you rely and count on bowl games just because with the amount of opt-outs and players that are transferring out, it's hard to get a good idea of, you know, is this the true team or is this, you know, a team that a lot of guys are having to step up because guys are leaving. But there's that. So this upcoming Monday, January 9th, you have the, national championship game where you have Georgia versus TCU. So I think that's going to be a good game, and I'll be interested to see how TCU holds up against that, you know, intense Georgia defense that we've seen all season long. But that will wrap up our Arkansas and uh, college football news where we will move on to some Arkansas basketball news where we're going to recap some Arkansas basketball game action over the past couple weeks. So starting out, we have Arkansas Men's Basketball versus UNC Asheville that was played on December 21st. Arkansas won this game 85-51, to where Jalen Graham led all scorers with 16 points, followed by Ricky Council with 12, and Anthony Black and Joseph Binion tied with 10 points. You had Kamandi Johnson lead the team in rebounds with seven, followed by Walsh with four, and Anthony Black, Jalen Graham, Mikael Mitchell, and Darian Ford all-tie with 3 rebounds. In this team in this game, the team shot 53.3% from the field going 32 of 60, 38.5% from the three-point range going 5 of 13, and 72.7% from the free-throw line going of 16 of 22. You know, it's in this game it was good to see Jalen Graham step up, you know, and add in some good quality minutes and points just because we are trying to fill that gap of losing Trevor and Brazil. We're trying to re-identify ourselves after the loss of him and everything going on with Nick Smith Jr. With him being out and definitely with that knee issue. So, you know, seeing players like Graham step up is what you want to see when you have a one to two super talented guys go down. And then we'll look at, Arkansas Women's Basketball for versus South Florida on December 21st as well where unfortunately they fell 65 to six, 66 to 65 in overtime. In this game Aaron Barnum led the team in scoring with 21 points, followed by Michaela Daniels with 20 and Chrissy Carr with 10. Sailor Poffenbarger once again led the team in rebounds with 7, followed by Samara Spencer with 6 and Michaela Daniels with 4. In this game, the team shot 35% from the field, going 21 of 60, 25% from the three point range, going 7 of 28, and 72.7% from the free throw line, going 16 of 22. This was definitely a hard fought game by this women's team where they came up short, you know, lost by one point where um, they were in it to win it and, you know, were, were super close. Um, So this team, I think, is going to keep going and, you know, they're going to get back on track and get back to winning uh, like they have been all season. And then you have Arkansas men's basketball where they played LSU on December 28th. This happened the same day as the Arkansas bowl game. So, you know, I was able to tune into this game after halftime with the bowl game running late due to the overtime that, you know, Arkansas had to go through. But Arkansas ended up losing this game 60 to 57 in what was a questionable ending to me, where I think Arkansas probably should have been to the foul line a few more times than they actually were. Um in this game, Devo Davis led all scores with 16 points, followed by Ricky Council and Jordan Walsh tied with 13 and Makai Mitchell with eight. In this game, Makai Mitchell led all rebounders with 12 rebounds, followed by Jordan Walsh with 9, and Anthony Black with 8. In this game, the team shot 36.9% from the field, going 24 of 65, 16% from the three-point range, going 4 of 25, and 50% from the free-throw line, going 5 of 10. Now, Arkansas is usually a good free-throw shooting team, and you know with a shooting 50% from the line, this game, you know, we lost by three and we missed five free throws. So if you look at it right there, if Arkansas could have made their free throws, that could have been the difference in the game. But also, like I mentioned earlier, there's a couple of call no calls at the end of the game where they could have benefited Arkansas, where I know there was an inbounds play by LSU where I believe their player, Adam Miller, uh, slapped Anthony Black in the face to get free to get the inbounds pass and that call or that no call was clear to me as I was watching the game on TV, but I don't know if the refs missed it or what, but that was a call that was almost a cheap shot by LSU. And, you know, you got to look at, you know, their coaching staff and be like, why do they allow guys to do things like that? Um, That's questionable to me. And then you look at um, late in the game, I know Ricky Council was driving the basket and, you know, went up for the shot and just got attacked by, like, three LSU guys, and, you know, they ended up somehow calling a foul in Arkansas. So the game definitely had questionable calls at the end, but you got to, you know, take the loss, move on, and respond in the next game. And we'll get to that, but Arkansas definitely did that in their next matchup versus Missouri. Then we had also Arkansas women's basketball playing LSU as well on December the 29th, where unfortunately they lost this game as well, where they lost 69 to 45. This game was all LSU from the get go. Samara Spencer led our team in scoring with 17 points, followed by Michaela Daniels with 10 and Aaron Barnum with 7. Michaela Daniels and Jersey Wolfenbarger led the team in rebounds with 6, followed by Aaron Barnum and Chrissy Carr with 4. I will say, if you notice, a name I did not mention in either points or rebounds was Sailor Poffenbarger. This was a tough game for her. She spent a lot of time on the bench, even though, you know, it seemed anyway, but she still played 20-something minutes. It's a, It, it was a game where they kind of just shut everybody down and, you know, took everybody all of our star players out of the game. In this game, the team shot 27.9% from the field, going 17 of 61. 23.1% from the three-point range, going 6 of 26, and 41.7% from the free-throw line, going 5 of 12. So all those you know, shooting percentages were very low for this game, and that didn't help Arkansas any at all. When you only shoot 27.9% from the field and 41% from the free-throw line, it's going to be a struggle to win the game. And then we look at Arkansas Women's Basketball versus Kentucky on January 1st. Arkansas got back on track and won this game in a big way, 71-50. to 50. This is one of the first times Arkansas has won in Kentucky in a very long time. I believe it's been since 2003 that Arkansas had, Women's Basketball has beaten Kentucky in Lexington. So that was a good to see Arkansas get back on track with this game. And then, for leading scores of this game, like I mentioned before, we were missing, but she definitely came back in this game. With Sailor, Sailor Parfenbarger and Aaron Barnum tied this game for to be the leading score with 17 points each, followed by Michaela Daniels with 11 points and Chrissy Carr with eight points. In this game, Aaron Barnum led our team in rebounding with eight, followed by Sailor Parfenbarger and Riley Langerman with seven each. And Chrissy Carr with 4. In this game, the team shot 42.2% from the field, going 27 of 64. And we shot 32% from the 3-point range, going 8 of 25. And 81.8% from the free throw line, going 9 of 11. So this was a good game for this team to get back on track. You know, nearly doubled the shooting percentage from the LSU game. And you had... Players like Sailor and getting back involved and being a key piece of this offense for our Arkansas women's team. Then we'll move on to Arkansas men's basketball versus Missouri that happened on January 4th last night where this was a big get-right game for Arkansas. And Arkansas came out in this first half and looked abysmal. This was just a terrible start for Arkansas. But Arkansas ended up winning this game 74-68 to 68, where, once again, the man Ricky Council led all scorers with 25 points, followed by Joseph Pinion with 13 points, going three of six from the three-point line, and Devo Davis with 10 points. In rebounding, Kamani Johnson led the team with eight, followed by Ricky Council and Wall, Jordan Walsh and Makai Mitchell all with seven, and Devo with five. In this game, the team shot 48.1% from the field, going 26 of 54, shooting 28.6% from the three-point range, going six of twenty-one, and sixty-nine point six percent from the free throw line, going sixteen of twenty-three. So this is a game that Arkansas did not play well at the beginning, but you know, came out in the second half, made some adjustments at halftime, and came out to get the win, and, you know, that's something that I'll say over and over. Musselman, I, to me, is one of the best, if not the best, coach in college basketball to make halftime adjustments and, you know, get the win, especially if the team is in striking distance. But we'll have some more rapid reaction from that game as I talk with Davis, David Harris from Hoops Southbound with a rapid reaction after the game and we'll talk about our matchup upcoming with Auburn this coming Saturday. All right, we'll wrap up before we have David come on as our guest for this week and talk about talking about some upcoming Arkansas events that we have over the next week or so. So coming up, we have Arkansas women's basketball versus Florida on January the 5th and then Arkansas gymnastics versus Nebraska coming up. So our gymnastics is going to get kicked off. And then we have Arkansas men's basketball versus Auburn on Saturday at Auburn. Um, We'll preview that matchup in our conversation with David. And then we have Arkansas women's basketball versus Missouri on January 8th. And then Arkansas men's basketball come back home to play a big ranked matchup with Alabama on January 11th. So we'll get into that. But, you know, join me as we're getting ready to welcome David Harris from Hoop Southbound to the show to talk some Arkansas basketball and get his rapid reaction from uh, this crazy game that Arkansas had against Missouri where they end up getting the win. All right, we are welcoming in this week to the podcast David Harris from the Hoops Southbound podcast. Welcome in.
1: Hey, how you doing? What a game we just watched, man.
0: Yeah, we're going to have a r- rapid reaction for this Arkansas-Missouri game we just watched. And I think one of the first things that have to be said is, Welcome to Arkansas, Joseph Pinion. What a game for the young freshman.
1: Well, unbelievable game. We, we saw, like, so first off with Joseph Pinion, we knew he was one of the top prospects in the state of Arkansas coming out of high school. We saw the flashes of what he was becoming in the uh, UNC Asheville game on the 21st. And tonight, like, we now know that Arkansas does have somebody who can shoot the basketball. He went three for six tonight from deep, and that finally – Shook Mizzou out of that zone that they were running, that a uh, two-three zone that they were in, and put Mizzou a little bit more in the full court press that they uh, that they got themselves into at that point. So, yeah, what a night for Joseph Pinion! Really big for the Hogs. Um, him and Ricky Council both had sensational games, in my opinion.
0: As I say, yeah, Ricky Council comes through again with leading the team in scoring, like he has consistently done all season. And I think, like we said, you know, with Joseph Pinion coming in, being able to shoot the deep ball, opening things up, and allowing us to get more drives to the basket.
1: Yeah, it definitely opened things up. They opened the floor up a lot more. You can see that Ricky was trying to figure out a way. Like, I, I swear he wanted to dunk the ball all night, and he just couldn't find the uh, find the right opportunity to get it done. But he took advantage once that once that floor opened up just enough for him, and he got a couple of shots in the mid-range and found his way to the hoop. I, I was really – I like what Ricky was doing in the second half quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. He, he definitely took things on his shoulders and, you know, helped will this team to win. But this is one thing uh, – from seeing this team have a terrible first half to coming out to win the game in the second half. And, you know, I think that's one thing you got to credit Musk with being one of the great coaches of halftime adjustments.
1: He's the king of it. As long as Arkansas stays in striking distance, when they're down, Musk can find the adjustments. Uh, to fix a game and tonight the answer was joseph pinion in my opinion he just that i don't know how that came out of my tongue to make a make that rhyme right there or whatever but uh yeah no he, that was the adjustment that was needed and arkansas just needed a shooter somebody who could up that three-point average just enough to shake you out of that zone and this is you we going to talk about the adjustments arkansas put up 27 points in the first half 47 points in the second half they opened this game up quite a bit and that's when they started getting to the hole
0: yeah, for sure. That's like we came through and, you know, just like you said, got him out of that zone, got Missouri shaken up a little bit where, you know, we we're able to drive, attack the basket, get the fouls. And I think one big thing for Arkansas tonight was how we were able to just kind of shut down and limit Kobe Brown.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, each time that Kobe Brown has come to play Arkansas, he doesn't have those 30 point games that he's been putting up for Mizzou here of late. Um, I don't let me pull up the box sheet on that one, but um, I believe he had seven points the last time I saw him sit down and he finished the night with 11 points. So yeah, that's pretty much on par with uh, where Arkansas has held Kobe Brown in their last couple of games. Um, And our, speaking of the trend with Mizzou, I believe now Arkansas has won the last four games against Missouri. Last time Missouri has beaten Arkansas in basketball was that game where um, the 2001 game where they uh, surprised Arkansas, so to speak, a very hot Arkansas team with the Moses in the Moses Moody year.
0: Yeah, I saw where I think they said Arkansas has won eight of the last nine at home against Missouri.
1: Yeah. Very I mean it Arkansas plays well in Bud Walton. I, I said it on my show this week that Bud Walton is one of those buildings that it's worth five to seven points on any given night. I, I have a list of memories of being an alumni at the school there in the Mike Anderson years and those When I was a freshman, it was still very early in Mike Anderson's tenure. So we were just begging to get to the tournament. And still, we watched some great games. Um, And Bud Walton, you can talk about the Gators when they were number two, came to the building and they couldn't stop Arkansas from scoring. Or the incredible game against Kentucky with the Qualls dunk. Like, that's, you know, that building is worth something every time. And Mizzou got a really good taste of that in their first real true road road test outside of um, the American Conference when they uh, played Wichita State.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I I remember being in the student section for that quals dunk and it was just intense. And, you know, even you could hear on the broadcast watching the game at home, Pat Bradley talking about the atmosphere and, you know, at one point with the way the atmosphere was, you could hear, you know, essentially the, the announcers, mics popping and static from just the crowd intensity.
1: Yeah. I didn't get to watch this game on TV. I was, uh, I was amongst the people in this game and it was, uh, it was a blast. Um, my, I think my favorite part of the entire evening was the timeout when uh, Mizzou had that last gasp of the lead there. And Dennis Dennis Gates calling timeout. Whole place just erupts into a hog call. The second half was very much what you expect Bud Walton to be during conference play. And I think Bud just had to find his voice for this game. It took a little while to get them get them into it. Um, the crowd was there. They were cheering. But like once they broke that, uh, that threshold that the crowd just kept running into, it wasn't going to be stopped for the rest of the night.
0: Yeah, and I think this was a good bounce back game for Arkansas after coming off that tough road loss against LSU that we had over the weekend with just, you know, some questionable calls. And then, you know, I believe you mentioned on your show, you know, the, the free throws came into account there, you know, so it was a big rebound game for Arkansas
1: was a huge rebound game for Arkansas. Uh at one point I believe the Hogs wa- were leading the rebound differential by plus 18. They ended up winning it tonight by plus 17. They dominated the offensive glass plus 6 and they ended up winning the defensive glass plus 11. Now, the offensive glass is where Arkansas has kind of struggled. It's been weird on the rebounding for the most part, but like tonight they ended up winning that battle and that was outstanding for them um mizzou not a great rebounding team to begin with so arkansas size makai mitchell and especially jordan walsh um and ricky council getting in there grabbing those rebounds like they did tonight was very very important for the hogs because they lost the turnover battle tonight and which is something you don't necessarily expect for an eric musselman coach team
0: yeah I, and and that's that's very true and i think it's like my said uh on a quick presser that you know they had a had him after the game where he said, you know, this team is still trying to figure out their their identity with, you know, missing Trevor Brazil and Nick Smith Jr. right now.
1: Yeah, and it's going to take a minute. But, like, tonight was one of those times that, I think back to 2001, or not in 2001, 2021, where Devo Davis, right? It took him a little while to actually get into the regular rotation during that year. And same with uh, Jalen Williams. It took him a little bit of time to find himself in there. Joseph Pinion might be that player this year. And I think the adjustment that must made kind of showed that tonight. So finding that identity, Joseph Pinion might be a big part of that identity to with the uh, three-point shooting game, and he can become a weapon out there for the Hogs.
0: Yeah, and I think this was a big game, especially for the, all of these young players to battle through adversity and being down a large deficit at one point and just battling back and, you know, being able to get the win.
1: Yeah, I definitely so. I think um, Jordan Walsh, for instance, six points tonight, but he also collected seven rebounds and had two assists in this game and a steal. Anthony Black, he's still trying to find his scoring again, but he had six points tonight and he had five assists to go along with it, along with four rebounds. Pretty good night, or excuse me, two rebounds from him. I misread that. And then uh, Joseph Penyon tonight, 13 points. He was the second highest scorer in this game with 50% from the three point line. That's almost, Double what the team shot uh, from the three-point line tonight, and then he also collected an offensive rebound. You got to love the hustle. And speaking of hustle, my favorite moment of the night out of Joseph Pinion was the loose ball on at the half court. I think that that put in my mind that was the moment that Arkansas won that basketball game tonight. It, it wasn't at the free throw line with Ricky Council. Like, don't get me wrong, that was very very important. I'm not saying that, but the absolute anchor point where Arkansas was going to get a win tonight you could see was the play where Joseph Pinion did not give up on that loose ball at half court um, when he was able to get that turnover and then throw it to a teammate. That was, that was the moment in which I was like, this team's going to hustle their way to a win and Bud's going to carry them there.
0: Yeah. You know, when you look at the stat sheet, you know, Ricky council was one of the guys he easily shot three times as many free throws as anybody else in this game. But also it's like with these young guys like Walsh and, um black, you know, and pinion, some of the intangibles they do that you don't see on the stat sheet where they just, their hustle and, you know, how they affect shots and their, their defensive presence on the floor.
1: Yeah, definitely makes up for quite a bit. Uh Jordan Walsh has been one of the biggest step-up players of the year. I, I'm liking what he's doing on both sides of the ball. He's just got a high motor where he does, I love that cliche, I don't know why, but he's got a high motor where he can play throughout the game, and he's very aggressive, and we see it with the fouls on occasion as well, but he's one of those players that have had a big step up for Arkansas. So uh, he's definitely one to keep in mind the entire time.
0: Yeah, very true. And I think it's going to be one of those things that, you know, at whatever point it is this season, hopefully it's sooner than later, but whenever, you know, hopefully Nick Smith Jr. gets back on the court, you know, they'll both Walsh and Black have found more of their stride. And, you know, this team is rocking and rolling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think once Anthony Black gets his offense back put together, this is going to be a hard team to stop. He's just I I think tonight he just needed to see a couple buckets go in and I think he's going to eventually find that stride. Hopefully, he carries that over into into the Auburn game on Saturday and I hopefully he definitely carries it over next week for Alabama because that's going to be a huge showdown in Bud Walton.
0: That's very true. And I think we need to see more of the Anthony Black that we saw in Maui where he was super aggressive, put up 20 plus points every game. That trip, you know, if he can come out and do that in conference play, I think that's going to change the game.
1: Quite a bit. You're exactly right. Um, that I remember those games that he had in Maui, and that's the Anthony Black everybody wants to see. It's there. He's just got to find it now. It's just he's just got to tap into it. We've seen him play great against good teams. It may just take him a minute. He is a freshman. They go through periods like that. Um, remember games where Moses Moody, you know, he didn't have exactly the greatest NCAA tournament, but he was he had a game I believe where he almost put up 40 points during uh, 2021. So it it might just be a matter of time before Anthony Black starts playing like Anthony Black did in Maui.
0: Very true, and I think when you look at this, is a good momentum builder going into the Auburn game Saturday. With like you, you know, a quick preview of that, you know, Auburn did take the loss tonight versus Georgia down in Athens, but I think they'll be back at home ready to go. And so we'll have to be ready to go during that matchup.
1: Yes, definitely. So the jungle is just a tough place to play. It's, I'm not going to say that it's as tough as Bud Walton, but it is a very difficult place to play. It is a small place that gets loud fast. It's much like the uh, Moody Center in Austin, Texas. So it's one of those buildings that like, you don't have to have a ton of people there. You just got to put people in the building and they're going to make that place. Plenty loud. Now, it was a great win for Georgia to t- tonight over Auburn. Um, That was probably Mike White's best win this season. And looking into that game, one of the things that stands out to me is the fact that Auburn could not shoot the three ball. So they only shot 21% from three tonight, and they only shot 62% from the free throw line. It was a very, very difficult night for Auburn. So I do think that Musk is probably going to be watching a little bit of tape from this game and trying to take some of the things that Georgia does defensively and translate a little bit of it into Arkansas' Arkansas's game plan for Auburn going into the jungle.
0: For sure, and I think the guys, you know, in that game we're going to have to watch for and match up for is, you know, definitely Wendell Green and Johnny Broom. You know, those are two main guys that have been the key players for Auburn this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. The thing is, is that what Musk likes to do is he likes to have his senior guards out there leading the way. And so having guys like Ricky Council and having guys like Devo Davis, who is very good on defense, that's who you're going to try to match up with Wendell Green, I believe. You're going to try to get your experienced guards out there and try to get them as many minutes as possible to shut Wendell Green down. Johnny Broom is an interesting case Uh, tonight. He had 12 rebounds and 22 points. That's going to be a battle for Makai Mitchell and and probably Kamani Johnson, depending on who must rotates in on that night. So that's going to be a matchup that we're going to have to watch down there, down low in the, uh, in the front court.
0: Yeah. And I think this, that might be a game where, you know, maybe we see some more from Jalen Graham. He's a player that I think has a lot of potential that, you know, if he can get on the right track, can replace a lot of those minutes Brazil left behind with when he went out due to injury.
1: Yeah, it's it's been really weird. Like fans have kind of wanted to see Jalen Graham play a little bit more. And I'm I'm one of them. I would like to see him get on the court and play a couple of minutes to kind of spell uh, that missing of uh, Trevin Brazil. So hopefully we do see that a little bit more. Hopefully Musk gives him a little bit of minutes. I don't think tonight was necessarily a Jalen Graham game, and that's probably why we didn't see much of him this evening. Uh, Arkansas need a good guard play tonight. That was one of the big things that they needed, and they also needed to win the rebound battle, which is why we saw Makai Mitchell. Also, another thing from tonight, Makai Mitchell playing in that second half, you know, that really helped things out quite a bit. Um him having to sit in the first half was not ideal for Arkansas in that situation because it's that this was a game Arkansas had to win the rebounds on. So again, when you play Auburn, Auburn's going to be another team that you're going to have to win the boards against because Johnny Broom does a fantastic job of cleaning glass. And Auburn's pretty darn good about winning the uh, winning the rebound differential. I believe Arkansas and Auburn statistically, before tonight were neck and neck in the SEC with rebounds.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one thing, like you said, you got watch out for the rebounds. But also, you know, I think Broom is one of those guys that, you know, if you can take the ball down low and get into him, you know, you can possibly get him in foul trouble. You know, against Georgia tonight, he, he had three fouls. So he's one of those guys, if you can get him to sit, you know, that'll definitely be beneficial for Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Anytime you can take a big piece out of a game, that is a goal. And that is one of the things that Eric Musselman strives to do is get to the free throw line. So anytime the guards have the opportunity to get the ball down into the front court and attack the rim with Johnny Broom, that's going to be a goal that they want to do is to get past their defender, make a move, and try to get that dribble drive penetration down there and end up getting contact with Johnny Broom or whoever the big man is at the time with Auburn. Just to get somebody to sit down and taking a big scoring threat away.
0: I was about to say, and that goes back to, like we said with Jalen Graham, you know, he was an all pac 12 player at Arizona State. And, you know, Muscleman brought him in for a reason. He saw something there. So I think as the season goes in those games where you're going to be, need a big man presence, especially with Trevor in Brazil out now, I think he's one of those guys that maybe later on the season we see must turn to.
1: Yeah. And he might be set up for a game in which you play a larger team and you need to keep a post presence out there. And I think that's going to be a game that, you know, that'll be really good for Jalen Graham. We just got to find the right opportunity to, I think, to get the minutes for him uh, out there. And I think that's what Musk is trying to figure out is when when can you get a good opportunity to see, see some in game minutes for him in a matchup that's going to be or it's going to translate to conference play?
0: Very true. And that's like out of your starters, you, you only had two that played less than 30 minutes with Walsh getting foul trouble. And same with Makai Mitchell, you know, he got in foul trouble. But besides that, you know, Black, Council and Davis all played 30 plus minutes this game, you know, so Muss wasn't wanting to, you know, rotate much. And we know that's a lot of his style of play.
1: Yeah. I, I did think that Muss was going to go a little bit deeper into this game and he did put nine guys out there tonight, but you're right. The minutes when you actually look at them is, you know, the other Mitchell twin only one minute Jalen Graham got two minutes and then everybody else, you know, Kamani Johnson got 20 minutes tonight, Joseph Pinion 27 minutes. So the guys on the bench, they made, they got out there, they contributed a little bit, but it was really, you know, the score seven tonight uh, for this game that made the difference. Um, so Again, it's Eric Musselman's style, not the sub. He wants guys to take those minutes who are going to lead the way. You fight for minutes on this team. And, you know, you're deep enough to, if you're not going to use them, he's got somebody else to go to. I I do think this team is deep enough to keep going. It's one of those things we keep hearing in the national media about how beat up Arkansas is. And don't get me wrong, Arkansas has injuries with Nick Smith Jr. and Trevon Brazil being out. But... I still think this is a very deep team. You have a whole core of four star freshmen you haven't even really seen significant minutes from, besides Joseph Pinion now.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity down the road. You know, you want to see, you know, more from Barry Dunning. I think from he's got a lot of athletic ability and talent there that, you know, it goes back, like we said with Jalen Graham. I think you got to find the right opportunity to put him in, just like tonight was the perfect opportunity for Pinion. You know, yes, he needed his three ball. So we, What do we do? We inserted him into the lineup and let him go.
1: Absolutely. And I I think finding the bright minutes for these guys is going to benefit them so much in the long run. Several of these guys are going to be sticking around in Arkansas for a couple of years. This is, again, we talked about this the last time we got together most is trying to open a championship window and he's trying to build a core for this team. I think with these four-star freshmen and he's going to get some transfers along the way and a couple other big recruits, and he's going to build something out of this, out of this idea. And so getting these guys some minutes is not only going to help your season now, it's going to help you in the future as well. Hog fans may be big on this year, but also remember that the championship window is now opening for Arkansas. And so it's important to also plan for the future as well and get these guys plenty of minutes.
0: That's very true. And I, I know a lot of Hog fans are hoping with everything going on right now down in Texas that hopefully we could get a flip from Ron Holland. I don't know what the possibility of that looks like, but you know that's one of those wait and see things that would be big for Arkansas to get him flipped over. But you know we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in texas for a little while i i still have not seen much on the uh, front for what the exact situation is for chris beard um but we're we're just all patiently waiting to see what texas's next move is uh, i'm not watching it particularly like a hawk right now but you know if anybody you're going to have situations in which players are going to reconsider given what's happened in Texas right now. So there's at least that thought has entered, you know, players' mind is like, is this really the place I want to go? So we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the University of Texas's next move is.
0: Him with the, the big man we got coming in next year will be big, like you said, building that, you know, foundation for that championship window that must is starting to open up here now.
1: Absolutely. Bayfall coming in is going to be significant for Arkansas. And my conversation I had with uh, Ben Brandon uh, before the Maui tournament on my show, he thinks that he's a guy with raw talent and we could see him possibly become like an Oscar Shibwe type for Arkansas who hangs around for a couple of years. And I, I do think with the trend with the NBA draft, that could be that he could be there because big men are not valued as much in the NBA as what it used to be. Otherwise Oscar Shibway probably would have been a one and done in Kentucky. So it's, it's going to be one of those things that Arkansas is going to continue to build, bring in good guards to help the uh, core players out. So uh, I'm very excited for where Arkansas is headed in the future.
0: Very true. So I think, you know, looking at it now, you know, uh, a couple points with the upcoming matchup Saturday versus Auburn, I think w- what, what, would you have to say would be your key points to for Arkansas to go in the jungle and get a win?
1: Well, the biggest thing is is that you're going to have to continue to shoot as well um, as you are uh, from the floor. Now, let me be very very clear about this. Arkansas may have one of the best point per shot teams in the SEC, and they may have one of the best field goal percentages from the SEC. But a lot of those points come from the transition game when Arkansas plays fast. Arkansas is the third fastest team in the SEC. So the goal for this game is to play faster than Auburn. Auburn plays slower than Arkansas. Um we saw two of the fastest teams in the SEC tonight and we saw when Arkansas sped the game up, it benefited them. And then when they slowed it down to you know soak out the wind, Mizzou didn't have the defense to make a good enough you know to get the game back in their grasp. So it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to want to see Arkansas try to play fast but under control and try to get the transition game going. Um, I think they're going to have some more transition opportunities in this game against Auburn, um, just simply because Auburn's not as fast as Mizzou. They're not used to playing at that tempo that Arkansas is. So I I do believe that Arkansas will have the advantage there when it comes to the tempo of the game. And it's going to be a matter of just making sure that you just can't let a team sit back in a 3-2 or 2-3 zone. Uh, and try to stop you. You've got to make your shots. So that's why I'm wanting to continue to see more minutes from Joseph Pinion until Nick Smith Jr. is back. I
0: was going to say that that's going to be key because I think if if you look at it, you know Auburn averages about 14 turnovers per game. So if you can get that and transition into that transition game where Arkansas plays fast, gets the steal and goes down and gets the buckets, that'll be key for Arkansas. But I also another another point, like we mentioned earlier. Auburn is not a great three-point shooting team this year, so I think if you can shut them down down low and force them to take those three-point baskets, that you know that's where part of it's going to come from.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Is that you want Arkansas? You want Arkansas to continue to play excellent three-point defense? You don't want to allow Auburn to get hot at home. Um, from the three-point game, Arkansas does have a top 30 um, three-point defense, and we saw them shut down one of the best three-point shooting offenses tonight. So I don't anticipate a huge struggle around the three-point line for Arkansas unless Auburn happens to find it. So it's going to rely a lot on your forwards and your uh, and your center play uh, down there in the post. So Makai Mitchell, big game for him, I think. And then you're probably also going to be talking about Jordan Walsh, who's kind of that combo Wing forward type. I don't know what necessarily you would call it in the modern game, but he's one of those, uh, you know, utility pieces that you can put anywhere. So I I think that Jordan Walsh could also have a pretty big game against Auburn.
0: Very true. Very true. And so, you know, that was a cool, quick look at it, you know, recapping the Missouri game that Arkansas had where they took the victory, and uh, especially with it being a top 20 matchup. And so, you know, like I said, you know, we had David here from Hoop Southbound on. So, you know, Tell everybody here if they want to give you a listen where they can, you know, find you at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am part of the Southern Boys Sports Network, just like uh, Caleb here is with the uh, Woo Pig Weekly. Uh, my show focuses primarily on SEC basketball across the broad spectrum. I, am, of course, am an alumni of the University of Arkansas. I attend law school there now. So I, I do have this very kernel of bias, but we try to keep things, you know, pulled back. Uh, I'm very easy to find on social media. All my handles are the same. We're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We're, Pretty much Instagram, wherever you can think to look. We're at at hoops, uh, that's H-O-O-P-S, southbound, like the Carrie Underwood song. Um, Very, very simple to find. Uh, We upload a lot of links to our podcast on there. Uh, We upload about, I think we upload consistently on Monday. The holidays have been kind of weird uh, with uh, the uh, holidays falling on Sunday. But yeah, we, uh, we upload late Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can find us there once a week. We're talking hoops. And uh, Maddie is my co-host and she's absolutely wonderful. I was about
0: to say, yeah, you, you heard it here, hog fans and, you know, get used to, you know, hearing David. So he's a friend of the show and will probably be on frequently, especially being part of the same Southern boy sports network. So, you know, there we go. And we thank you again, David, for joining this week's episode.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, uh, Trust me. I love talking hog ball and this is my chance to be biased tonight. So I enjoy it.
0: After finishing up this episode, please make sure to support the Southern Boy Sports Podcast Network. The network includes Southern Boy Sports itself at SO underscore boy underscore sports on Twitter, the Second to None podcast at O N D underscore 2NUN on Twitter, and the Mid-State Weekly Show at mid underscore state underscore show on Twitter. All of these shows bring solid college and high school info from around the nation. Make sure to follow each show and give them all a five-star review. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Whoopig Weekly.